So how does fear get in the way of your life? We're going to talk a little about that as we're going through Luke chapter 1, but this is Between the Lines, and and we're both back here, and uh, we're excited to have you with us, except I almost yeah. didn't return after last Friday. Yeah, well, I, I've decided to be generous and take you off probation. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. And uh, But um, it's good to have you back again, Junior. Yeah. You had a good vacation? It was a great vacation. It was uh, very restful. Yeah. I think at some point I, I should do a podcast on how to rest because sometimes, a lot of times I hear people say, I need a vacation after my vacation. Uh-huh. I say, well, then you're vacationing wrong. Yeah, you it know? shouldn't happen. No, so there's it's it's hard to rest, but when you can find a good way to rest, it's 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 huge. The bigger trouble that I always had, uh, particularly when you were growing up, is uh, it would take me about three or four days to feel like I was on vacation. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so I was, I was just doing church stuff and writing yeah. things down and yeah. – reading ministry-related or leadership-style yeah. books, and it took me a few days. But uh, I tell you, that that restful time away yeah. is a big deal. So I'm glad you're I, able yeah, to Yeah, I, I got to the point where I was resting, and then all of a sudden I get a call from my dad about how to pronounce a name on the podcast. So, <laughs> Well, <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I figured you'd probably have that one correct, and I knew Jordan was completely wrong on it. <laughs> And I would laugh every time Jordan would say, how about you for your favorite verse in Proverbs? Your favorite, we got to do two because yeah. with Junior only do one. I got to one up him. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I hadn't planned for anything. So now it's like, okay, I got to come up with something right away. Well, let's get uh, started on this. And okay. Junior, you want to you start yeah. reading Luke 1? So in Luke 1, it's kind of funny. The beginning starts out off like a Law and Order episode, you know, <laughs> of like these characters. And yeah. it kind of has like that feel at the beginning. It sets up the book. It does. It says, many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They have used the eyewitness report circulating among us from early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write an account for you, most honorable Theophilus. You can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. Yeah, and and it was a big deal for him that uh, and Theophilus was evidently a friend of Luke's. Now, Luke, we view as we you know we're not certain that he was a Gentile because he definitely has a good understanding of what Jews held to and what they believed. But he was a physician. We know that that Paul referred to him as such. But he was if he was a Gentile, then he was what we would call a, a kind of a Greek Jew where he was in the, the Greek culture. That seems to be the background that he's writing from. But then Theophilus, which is also, that's a Greek name, right. and it means lover of God. And the book of Acts, which Luke also wrote the book of Acts, was also written to this uh, Theophilus. Is that what Theophilus means? Oh, yeah, because you have yeah. Theo and Philos. Phi- yep. Yeah, uh, interesting. And, okay. and it was important to him, he says, which you skipped that word, but that's okay. You know, uh, I've made mistakes too. But uh, he, it was important to him to, to write an accurate account. He says, I want to yeah. write this accurate account. Luke is the most detailed of all of the gospel writers. He includes a lot of details that it seemed like Matthew and Mark, it wasn't, they, they weren't concerned about some of these details, but Luke like fills in some of these blanks. Sure. Go ahead. Verse 5 says, When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes and careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was, Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One of the things we pointed out when we did this, uh, because we went through this passage when we studied John the Baptist a couple of months ago, and it was interesting to see that Elizabeth was from the household of Aaron, so her dad would have been a full-time priest, whereas Zechariah, I mean, while he was a priest, he wasn't of Aaron's household, so... He was a part-timer. He was, yeah, he was a part-timer. Yeah. 
I also do like, too, that you see that they were righteous. It says they were righteous mm-hmm. in God's eyes, careful to obey the commandments and regulations, and they couldn't have kids. The yeah. longing in their longing in their heart. I think sometimes we go through difficulty or, you know, struggle to conceive. And it's like, oh, well, you know, have I done something wrong? And no, not always. A lot of times this is just, you know, good people. Bad things happen to, to good people. Yeah, and we live in a world that's been corrupted, and mm-hmm. that's just how it is. One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. Now, this is like the biggest job. Like every priest wanted to be able to do this because you got to go into the holy place. And some priests never in their whole life no. were not able to do this. No. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You'll have a great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he'll be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He'll be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Now, this was a big deal as far as a prophecy goes, that uh, he was going to have this this John who was going to be the forerunner of the Messiah, which also John himself was prophesied that he would be as though he were Elijah coming back to set the stage for this Messiah. And yet, while we look in verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure that this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Here's a guy that was described as a righteous man who did the right thing and who always obeyed God, and then an angel appears before him, and he, I, I think he was frozen. I, you know, I think that it's almost like sometimes you're caught up in a situation and you just don't know what to do and you don't know how to handle it, and it just seems to me that this is where Zechariah was at. There's, there's an angel in front of him in this place that no other human being could be at that time. In fact, uh, not only were they disallowed, but they would have died if another person would have walked in. And here was this angel. So he was he was surprised, first of all, that there's another being in there. And then we don't know what this angel looked like other than the fact that it was very obvious that there's an angel standing before him. And that had to have stunned him. That's why the angel says, don't be afraid. Yeah. And I think in the in the throes of all of this, with the fear and being stunned and being taken off guard, I mean, his response is totally lacking in faith. Sure. Well, you see him being driven by doubt, and and that's that's a there's a big difference between having doubts and being driven by doubt. Mm. And so here you have Zechariah being more driven by doubt. He's not going to believe this because yeah, it is crazy. His wife's old. He's old. How are they going to have a baby? And yet he's he's instead of just having the doubt, he's driven by it. Yeah. And. You know, and, and you think about how will I know this? There's an angel standing in front of you yeah, talking right. to you. Yeah, right. um, yeah, plus, how can I be sure this will happen? Yeah. Your wife will have, yeah. be pregnant. <laughs> what do you mean, right. how will I know? <laughs> well, you'll know in a couple of months for right. sure. Right. Yep. All right. Well, can, I'll, I'll continue on at this yep. point then. Verse and 19. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he, that is God, who sent me to bring you this good news. My dad was actually, his father... His my great grandfather, or his, yes, was his grandpa's name was Gabriel. So my dad's name was his middle name was Gabriel. Verse twenty. Then, but now since you didn't believe what I said, 
You'll be silent and unable to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. Well, it wasn't just a, a vision. This was, uh, this was a bigger deal. <laughs> he saw an actual angel. Yeah, right. And when Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months why do you why do you think she went into seclusion, Junior? You know, I I I've studied this before, and I couldn't f- find the greatest of answer other than that. Maybe she just saw, okay, my husband is mute, and maybe we're just not supposed to talk about this for right now. So I'm just <laughs> going to go, and I'm going to nest. I'm going to follow his lead. He's mute, mm. so I'm just going to. That's that's the best yeah. I could come up with. I don't know if you, you found anything better. You no, know, I I thought that possibly something culturally involved here, but culturally it would have been if she was going to be in seclusion, it was in the later months of pregnancy, not in the early months of pregnancy. And so I I think I think she was stunned as well. I think that I'm not saying that she didn't believe and have faith, but she probably was just feeling out of touch and maybe a bit embarrassed. Yeah, that here she's an old woman. Yeah. Who's pregnant? Or afraid because even the birth rate, so many women, we mm. were just right through Genesis, so many women would die in giving birth. That's even true. Even an older woman giving birth, even today, that's almost a death sentence. Yes, yeah, it can be. Yep. So uh, verse 23, when Zechariah's week of service, oh, I already read that, didn't I? Um, verse 3, 25, how kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Of course, in that culture, not having children was a much bigger deal than it is in our culture. I, I think all women were created in such a way that there's a craving, and I know that I believe it's denied at times. Yeah. And I, I get very frustrated with women when they say, "Oh, I hate babies. I don't like babies. I don't like children." And and yeah, I just right. I say they're just denying their nature. And if it's true, anybody who does not like children, you've got a problem with Jesus. Right. That's a that to me is a really big deal. Yeah. Because Jesus loved the children. Yeah. And but I think a lot of women just tend to deny the the nature that's part of them, and they try to fit in with a pagan culture yeah. that seems to abhor. Well, I, I, I don't want to get too political, Dad. I'm sorry, but it is it is a byproduct of the fem, of feminist culture. It, it is absolutely, and, and and it's sad to see how, in some ways, the value in women has been stripped. Mm-hmm. Because I love it. My girls, my girls talk about how they want to be moms one day. I love that. That's like that's like the ultimate to them, and I want them to ha- keep that. I don't want culture to take that away from them. It is awesome to be yeah. a mom. And I'm glad you're encouraging that. Yeah. Of course, you got your youngest daughter. I don't know. It might be a little bit too much. She says she wants like 36 kids and, <laughs> and a few minivans to haul around. That's in, right. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and verse, uh, verse 26, then, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. So, of course, now we're in a completely different setting here. That was Elizabeth and Zechariah. Now we've got Mary, and this is about the Messiah. Don't be afraid, the angel said to her. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, which simply means Savior. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Now, of course, all this is messianic because the Messiah was to be of the bloodline of David and receive the kingship or the throne of David as a birthright. 
and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, but how can I, can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. This is a huge passage in Scripture. It's even in the Apostles' Creed. You have the... uh she was, uh, he was conceived, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and the idea of a virgin birth has come under attack in the, mm-hmm. in the last, what, 50 years yeah. or so, maybe even more than that. But it is integral to our faith uh, because Jesus was sinless, and we, we, I can't say this for sure, but it seems like according to Scripture that sin, you know, we're all born um, but with a sin nature. Yeah, and it, and and it is blamed on Adam, even yes. though Eve was the first one right. to, to have sinned, she brought it to Adam. It was put on Adam. It, it seems to indicate that the sin nature is passed on through the male chromosome. Right, through the father. Through the father. But Jesus' father was the Holy Spirit, or mm-hmm. was was God, and so Jesus did not, Jesus was sinless. And so that's why this this whole text with the, the Virgin Mary and the Holy Spirit, this is very integral to the faith of Christianity. It is, and if we disbelieve this, then we're going to disbelieve. You know, we, we can't just cut and paste and pick and choose what we want to believe, but it does, it, I think it's very important in that it makes Jesus absolutely unique indifferent from all other human beings, though he was 100% human. Yep. Well, Proverbs, right. uh, Proverbs 1, again, starting over in Proverbs, and actually, I, I think we've got a pretty good verse here, because I think some people are maybe beginning to wonder, why are we doing this every single month? And we will. We'll, we'll take a couple of months off. We're going to go through Ecclesiastes, and we'll go through Psalms as well. Uh, so we try to stay with poetic books as being the secondary book, but uh, we'd love to repeat Proverbs, and actually, the verse for today it spells it out. It's, it says why. In fact, uh, Junior, you want to read that? Verse 4? Yep. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Hmm. And you need it repeated. Yeah. You need it repeated. Mm-hmm. I, th- and that's the thing. Is I think sometimes we, we look at Scripture like, oh, I've read that before. You know, I've heard that sermon before. You know, I've read that text before. And it's like, no, you know how many things that we go to every day that's repeated? How many commercials do we watch? How many you know reruns do we we watch? We need repetition, and this is this is how we get this is how we get wisdom through the repetition of proverbs. And the truth is, we all have, are simple minded to some degree, and this is what yeah. he says. Especially but, if you listen to between the lines, you're very simple minded. <laughs> <laughs> but the but proverbs does give give wisdom, and the what what the author is saying here, what Solomon is saying is, you can grow in wisdom, yeah, but you have to want it enough. To work at it, yep. to study it, to let it change your thinking as you're reading through this, and allow yourself to repeat these principles over and over and over. Yep. All right. Well, May first, make yeah. it a good day today. It's May Day. You know, May Day, and people May people didn't even know what that is anymore. That's I not know. a thing anymore. But when I was a kid, that was like kind of a big thing to me. Well, I, you I get flowers, right? Yeah. Mom would give you an Erica basket, and you'd go over to the neighbors, and yeah, it was like a thing you're supposed to leave a basket by people's doors. Yeah, with flowers in it. I don't think anybody knows anything about it. I did anymore. that to Nicole our first year of dating. I gave her flowers, and she's like, "What is this for?" I was like, "May Day." She's like, what is that? 
Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, <laughs> mom, I expect some flowers on my porch today. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, make it a make it a make it a great day today. And we'll see, you see you tomorrow.